Welcome to Tell Us About It, Victim Research Convos, a podcast from the Center for Victim Research with support from the Office for Victims of Crime. On each episode of Tell Us About It, we talk to researchers and practitioners about their work, the tools being built for use in the field, and how we can work together to build an evidence base for crime victim services. I'm Susan Howley, and we're joined today by Dr. Anne DePrince, Department Chair and Professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of Denver. Dr. DePrince has spent much of her career studying trauma and interpersonal violence and working to bring research to the victim services community in Denver. She also serves as the research partner on the Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center Project. Anne, welcome. Thank you, Susan, for having me. Can you start by telling us a bit about your role with the Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center Project and you know the type of research tasks that you do with them? Sure. I'm the research partner on the Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center's OVC, Office of Victims of Crime funded project, the Legal Wraparound Project. And as the research partner, uh, that means that I have worked with them since the start of the project, initially to do a needs assessment. So as part of the grant funding, OVC required the Denver community to do a needs assessment to identify what were the gaps and barriers to legal services following crime victimizations. And so with my research team working in collaboration with the steering committee of this project and the outstanding folks at Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center, we designed uh, an assessment, a needs assessment approach and carried out that needs assessment and identified uh, particular needs in the Denver community related to legal services following crime. And based on uh, those data, we uh, the, the data were used to inform the program that Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center and the steering committee ultimately developed, which is now called LINC, the Legal Information Network of Colorado. My team has stayed engaged with the project. Uh, we're now doing an evaluation, an ongoing evaluation as the LINC program has rolled out in order to use data to refine their approach, uh, to provide real-time information about how implementation and the rollout is going. So to summarize, we've been involved in everything from designing and selecting existing measures to use as part of uh, the needs assessment and ongoing evaluation to uh, analyzing the data and helping the group to make sense of what to interpret and take from uh, the data that we've collected. Well, it sounds like your role has been integrated with the project all along. Um, when you started out, did you envision that entire plan or has it evolved step by step as you've worked with the Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center? It certainly has evolved. So we initially came on board to do the needs assessment. And in designing the needs assessment, it was very much a, a back and forth process with the steering committee to make sure that we were going to collect data that were really going to be useful um, to, to them in the process of figuring out what kind of program to develop and implement. So even in the midst of the needs assessment, there was a, a, a need to be, be responsive in real time to what we were learning 
we set out a, a phased approach to the needs assessment. So in our first phase, we talked with victim service and allied professionals about the kinds of legal needs they saw their clients uh, needing to address, the sorts of barriers to getting legal, uh, legal needs met. And then we used what we learned at that phase to inform talking directly with victims and survivors. And then we used what we learned in those two phases to ultimately develop um, a measure that we cast out more broadly in the Denver community uh, to collect a, a larger sample of crime victim and survivor, as well as professionals' perspectives on legal service needs and barriers in the community. So it was a very iterative process. We initially signed on for this iterative process that was part of the needs assessment. And then when the group was funded to move forward with the implementation of their program, uh, we re-upped to be part of that process uh, in terms of the ongoing evaluation. Yeah, you know, when you talked about the underlying project being wraparound legal services, I'm picturing you as being the wraparound research part of the wraparound service project. Yeah, it's uh, really been an incredible partnership uh, to get to work with this steering committee and the staff from Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center. Uh, a real honor to be able to be part of a project at each phase of its development and to roll up our sleeves and figure out what kind of data are needed, how can data be of use to this group. So I think sometimes uh, research or evaluation can feel like a check the box, we have to do it because a funder said so. Um, and we had the opportunity in this case to make sure that data were answering real world questions that this group had in order to um, support them to develop the best possible sustainable program uh, to move victim services forward here in Denver. Oh, that sounds great. Now, and given your reputation in the victim services community, I'm sure you have all kinds of opportunities to get involved in projects. What brought you to this particular project? What interested you about the uh, Victim Law Center? Well, the uh, Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center is a terrific organization uh, focused on victims' rights. And I hadn't had the opportunity to work closely with them. We certainly uh, are, are uh, members of similar groups, such as the Victim Service Network uh, more broadly here in Denver. Uh, but we hadn't uh, collaborated closely before, but I had very high regard for their work. This opportunity was particularly exciting because as a, a researcher, it was a chance to collect data from the start that we knew we were, we were going to use those data to try to inform a change, um, system change here in Denver. And those opportunities are sometimes rare. Uh, occasionally you have research, you have findings where you are after the fact trying to convince people this has implications for policy and practice. And because of what we learned here, um, we, we think uh, this policy or practice could be informed. And this was the opportunity to do that from the start to say, we're going to design research that from the very beginning, the, the goal is to be able to um, build up a, a program that's responsive to our, our community's specific needs. So that's a really exciting uh, challenge and opportunity as a, as a researcher to get to 
move from um, well, well, the whole arc of the project now has turned out to be so exciting to move from that needs assessment to using data to inform program development and now uh, inform and guide uh, implementation. The, the opportunity to be involved in that arc uh, doesn't, doesn't necessarily come around all the time. So we were very excited because of the particular agencies uh, at the table, the steering committee, uh, and then this particular opportunity. Well, I can see what attracted you to this project. Thank you. Uh, you talked about this project being different than other projects where people think of it in terms of just checking off the box that they included research. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you and your team approach this work to make it a meaningful partnership with the practitioners? So in my research, I, I consider myself a community-engaged researcher or a researcher who uses community-engaged methods. By community-engaged methods, what I mean is that I'm working with uh, my colleagues uh, in nonprofits and government agencies, wherever they're housed, to identify a project that's going to be mutually beneficial and reciprocal. So there should always be something that our partners are getting out of it. They're getting access to data and information that can answer questions they have, um, guide or inform them. Uh, and then there is something that we get out of it on, on the research side. We're maybe pushing the field forward, answering a question uh, that, that uh, has evolved out of my particular program of research. And so we really strive for this win-win um, research that matters for advancing the science of, of victim services and trauma research, and also advances our understanding of uh, policy and practice. And so that community-engaged approach has really been uh, the key to building partnerships, true partnerships, where the goal is, is mutual benefit and reciprocity uh, and, and using research to be responsive to real world needs. That's great. So that your partners are are seeing the benefit to themselves all the way through, which, you know, in so many projects, it's not till the very end that the practitioners might see, oh, here's here's how that helped us, all that work. But it sounds like you're working all along to make sure they're learning from your work and, and from the mutual work. Yes, that's certainly the goal. And, pro you know, projects vary in design. So this wraparound one was um, really designed to have data in, um, sh in short bursts, if you will, in that phase-oriented approach. It allowed us to do fast data collection and feed it back to the steering committee to inform the next steps. We've certainly done other projects with partners here in Denver um, that have appeared from the outside more traditional, where we might have a longitudinal question. Uh, we might have questions about, you know, how does interaction with law enforcement following a sexual assault affect women's well-being and decision-making a year later? You can't get around the year later part of that, that to get to the final answer to that question, it's going to take well more than a year. Um, so projects vary uh, depending on what the, the original question is uh, for how quickly you can get information back. So um, with one of the, the latter example of a longer project where it takes more time to get to the end, we do try to report to our partners regularly to tell them what we're noticing and learning along the way. 
um, so that they're not there's not radio silence between the beginning and the end. Uh, but that's a, that's another exciting thing about this legal wraparound project was that it it was this opportunity to do more uh, in, in in closer to real time, if you will. So I can understand these uh, the benefits of this kind of continuing project, but have there been any challenges in such a long term multi phased project? Any challenges from the research angle or in trying to keep the partnership? functioning at as high a level as it has been? You know, I think any of the challenges have really been ones that are similar to any multidisciplinary long-term collaboration. Um, You know, the the need to have outstanding communication uh, at all points, the need to ebb and flow and flex as there are staffing changes on, you know, any number of agency sides. Um, but there are there aren't things that stand out to me that were a particular challenge for the research that are different from just the challenges one faces uh, in a commitment to long-term multidisciplinary collaboration. Let's talk a little bit about the research team. So you're also a professor um, and department chair at the University of Denver. Do you involve your students in this work? I sure do. So I have an outstanding team of uh, graduate research assistants, uh, as well as undergraduate research assistants, depending on the project. Uh, Students are are involved to different degrees in different projects, but I very much uh, consider this kind of research an opportunity for the graduate students, especially to learn by doing, that they learn how to do this kind of community-engaged research under my close supervision and get to evolve over their years in the program um, to be collaborators in this work. And so a project such as this one with the Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center and LINK has been uh, a really important learning opportunity for several grad students on my team where they've gotten to see uh, this responsive approach to research. They've gotten to see the community partnership development and maintenance uh, piece of things. So it's a, it's a really outstanding opportunity for students to, to learn through this sort of work. So it sounds like you're growing the, the local pool of community-engaged researchers. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. I think the students on my team are very committed to being the next generation of leaders in community-engaged research that, uh, that affects victim services and, and our, our understanding of trauma. Wow. So the, the benefits of your involvement in this one project are even greater than everything that your research is bringing to the project, which leads me to another aspect of your work. You have a reputation for being a member of the victim services community whose profession is a researcher. So just part of the victim services field, although wearing the researcher hat. Some researchers that I've spoken to would think that one has to be wholly disconnected from the subject matter in order to conduct quality research. What would you say to that kind of thinking? I think it is very important in science to um, grapple with how do you handle interpreting and working with data uh, and do that in a way that's transparent, that's fair to the data, 
that doesn't reflect uh, one's own biases because we all have biases. That said, I, you know, the way that I navigate those kinds of challenges are um, really to think about myself as a member of a multidisciplinary team. Um, as the trauma field, the victim service field moves more to community coordinated responses and expectations of multidisciplinary responses uh, to crime, it's easy to forget that maybe a decade ago, we wondered whether having prosecutors in the same room with police, in the same room with someone from a community-based advocacy organization, whether everybody could still do their jobs uh, in a room together. And we figured out that you can. And in fact, the outcomes are, are good for victims and survivors when we collaborate in that way. And so I think of this this evolution of engaged research in, in a similar way that I have professional ethics and best practices from my field that I have to follow and live up to just like the lawyer across the table does and the, and the um, sane examiner or medical doctor. Um, and we, we all bring those uh, pieces to our work. I think it is uh, very possible and essential in this kind of research to have a really nuanced understanding of what agencies are grappling with, what the real world looks like for victims and survivors in order to figure out not what the data say at the end of the research project, but even the right questions to ask at the start of a project. Um, and I don't think you can do that as well, um, or certainly I can't do that as well if I treat this as a, as a disconnected, removed uh, kind of topic separate from, from my team. Yeah, I love that illustration of the multidisciplinary team and a researcher being part of that. To take that out a little bit broader, can you tell us about the work that you do with the Denver Victim Services Network? So in Denver, uh, broadly, I'm uh, very fortunate to be a member of this community where we have a long tradition of collaboration, using community-coordinated responses to different forms of uh, victimization, and to be in a place that really values research, researchers, data uh, to inform the process. So I have been uh, hanging out with my colleagues here in Denver uh, for more than a decade now um, on these kinds of multidisciplinary teams, listening, looking for opportunities uh, where data could play a role in answering a policy or practice question that the group has. Uh, so for example, we just finished up a project recently that we were calling the Women's Health Project that was funded by the National Institute of Justice which was focused on the kind of social reactions that women receive when they disclose sexual assault to community-based providers or criminal justice uh, personnel, and then looking at what impact those reactions have down the road on women's decisions to engage with the criminal justice system or on their well-being. And pursuing that research came out of listening to um, the kinds of questions that our colleagues at the Sexual Assault Interagency Council here in Denver had in their day-to-day -day practice. So by being integrated um, in this community, attending meetings, listening to the kind of policy and practice questions uh, that my colleagues are grappling with, it's opened up really exciting opportunities 
um, to say, hey, I think research could help us answer this question. Yeah. It's just been a really incredible place to get to do this work. Wow. So that has been a lot of excitement and growth over the past decade. What would you forecast for the next 10 years in this field or in Denver? Well, I, sh- I, um, I would forecast and, and really hope that we can continue to find really smart ways to use data. Um, the, this Rocky Mountain Victim Law Center project that led to LINK was just so inspiring in terms of integrating us, taking the opportunity to integrate the research team into this multidisciplinary team from the start. And so my, my hope would be that as a field, we do start treating researchers as another member of the multidisciplinary team uh, and figuring out what kinds of questions data can, can help answer. Um, I'm just, I've seen the positive impact that it's had on, on all of the, the levels that you've been alluding to, students' developments, uh, implications for the agencies themselves for trying to improve services to victims and survivors, that you can get all of that potential from integrating a, a researcher into the teams you're working on. Um, so I'm really hopeful that that becomes more of the, the norm down the road. And it has been a real pleasure and an inspiration talking with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tell Us About It. If there are research or practice experts you'd like us to interview or tools you'd like us to feature on this podcast, email us at podcasts at victimresearch.org. Tell Us About It is a production of the Center for Victim Research, funded by the Office for Victims of Crimes Vision 21 Initiative through Cooperative Agreement Number 2016 XVGXK006. The Office for Victims of Crime is part of the U.S. Department of Justice's Office of Justice Programs. However, the points of view and opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the host and expert contributors and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of the U.S. Department of Justice.